Hello and welcome to another edition of the Sporting Kansas City Show on your home for SKC Soccer, Sports Radio 810 WHB, wherever you get your podcasts and wherever you stream your video content. Uh, my name is Nate Bucati, joined by Jacob Peterson and Ali Trost, and we are presented by Michelob Ultra. It's only worth it if you enjoy it. we got a busy show coming up for you today. We're going to talk with Sporting Kansas City midfielder Remy Voltaire, and it occurs to me... This is going to be his Sporting KC show debut. It is, which is kind of surprising. Yeah, right? In terms of a sit-down interview, he's been one of the most consistent performers for Sporting Kansas City so far this year, and uh, I don't know that we've really had a chance to truly get to know him. I Yeah, it occurred to me as we were – you mentioned that he was going to be our guest on the show today. I'm like, he's probably one player on the team that I really don't know much about in terms of just, like, personal life. He's yeah. – I don't know if quiet guy is the right word, but I, I've gotten a lot of questions for Remy. We'll just put it that way. Yeah, he he's, seems like a man of few words. He's a, he's a man of many steps. He covers many a steps. lot of ground. Uh, and, and we'll talk about Remy a little bit and what we love about him as a player here in a moment. Uh, get to know him, and then we're going to preview the upcoming matchup against CF Montreal, one of the uh, one of the, the, the contenders in the Eastern Conference again this year and the things that make them uh, exciting in, uh, in the MLS as well as Sporting Get Ready to take them on. So that's all coming up on the show. We'll start off by recapping another tough one at Children's Mercy Park this past weekend. Sporting Kansas City nil, New York Red Bulls won. And this was a game that had a lot of things, Jacob. It had a weather delay. It had some good chances by Sporting Kansas City in the first half. It had a flurry of an opening five minutes or so, ten minutes, I guess, to the second half of the game. And then it had Sporting Kansas City just throwing numbers forward. It had a red card. It had some some antics at the end of the game in terms of trying to kill the game off. But what it didn't have was a Sporting KC goal. And that's obviously been a a constant uh, struggle this year. For SKC, something we haven't been used to the last few years. As you look back at that performance, and I know you went back and watched the game over again, what were a couple of things that maybe stood out to you the most about this uh, this performance and results against uh, the Red Bulls? Well, first off is that was such a New York Red Bulls game. That right? was just played, especially that second half, just chaos. Just chaos. That's what, I mean, we talked about it right during the broadcast before in our pregame. Just they don't even care about playing soccer. They just want to go out there and press, which they are excellent at. One of the best pressing teams that, that I've ever seen. And I said on, on air, but reminds me of, of the way that when I was a player here, mm-hmm. especially early on, the way that we would press. It was all out pressing, winning the ball back. But we actually then tried to play a little bit. This team, this Red Bull team, does not care to have possession. They don't, they don't need it. They don't, they don't, and honestly, it, it's, it works for them and it's, they're successful, successful doing it. But you mentioned the first half, I thought sporting started great. Uh, I thought they really played some good soccer. Daniel was excellent. Those first 28 minutes before the rain delay. I mean, so, so good that New York had to change their entire system around and make a substitute in the 25th minute or whatever, which you never see just shows you how good and how dangerous Daniel was down that left side. And, and I was a little worried coming out of that that break because it's it's hard if you're playing that well but you don't have anything to show for it yet. You want that game to keep going. You don't mm-hmm. want that that delay and it kind of gave Red Bulls a chance to to settle down, um, to talk things over. But still, Sporting after that got a corner kick within like the first minute 
after that restart. So the soccer was, was actually good from Sporting. Overall play was good. Red Bulls, again, they had probably that 10-minute spell in the second half where they were very dangerous. And But they also kind of gave up some some chances on the yeah, other they end. Did. But they, mm-hmm. were, they were dangerous. And it, it's, it's frustrating because Sporting played well enough to win this game. Yeah. But in the end, they had chances, but they didn't have any big chances. And I know that's kind of subjective, but New York had three big chances. Sporting had zero. And Sporting had 17 shots. So you'd think that – and some of those were decent. Like Daniel had a couple. Johnny had a couple. But overall, they didn't create those big chances. And that's just kind of been Sporting Kansas City this year, which is the opposite of what it was last year where they were leading the league in goals, leading the league in big chances created. So it kind of just sums up the whole season for Sporting. Good for the majority of the game, just in and around that 18-yard box. Not enough true quality chances in the yeah. end. And this really felt like one of those games, too. I, I mean, scoring early is always going to give you an advantage. But against a Red Bull team, that kind of the longer you let them really commit to their, their style of, of soccer – and you don't have a goal, you don't have the lead, the harder and harder the game gets. And I feel like that was kind of the case for Sporting as that game wore on. It just was it was really frustrating. And, you know, ultimately, looking at, looking at the goal by Aaron Long there, you know, we had a chance to talk to manager Peter Vermees out at training today, and he said it just came down to execution and concentration. The, the defense was kind of caught in one of those in between. They didn't fully step, but they weren't fully committed to, to you know, marking their guys and, and making sure that, you know, the Red Bulls didn't have, as we saw, a, a number of guys open on the back post to to get in a good scoring position there. And he said as far as how you improve on that, it's something that you work on in just about every drill. And it's, you know, kind of been an Achilles heel for sporting at times this season, unfortunately. So going back and watching the game, you mentioned the lack of big chances. And, and I think that is that is something that's stark. Like the, the chances you remember, Daniel has that volley that hits the ground and bounces up over the bar. Uh, Johnny Russell had a, a chance that, uh, that, he, that he hit at the keeper in the first half. Maybe those aren't big chances. I don't know what you call those, whatever the tier right below that is, where it's like we've seen those guys score those goals, but you don't expect it like nine times out of ten. The biggest chance to me in the game, and, and I think maybe the biggest moment of the game for me, was the tackle by Dylan Nealis mm-hmm. when Johnny Russell had the breakaway into the penalty mm-hmm. area because that is one where if he doesn't make that tackle, my money is on Johnny nine times out of ten to put that ball away. And, and you could see that Johnny was in that mindset of this is how I'm going to beat the keeper. I know exactly what I'm going to do with the ball. And then out of nowhere almost, I think he was even surprised that this guy – and I'm curious, Jacob, I've never been in that position you know, in a big stage – how many how many players have the confidence to even make that tackle from behind, you know, with a guy like Johnny in the penalty area? Because if he doesn't get it right, it's a, it's a penalty, right? And 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 they they are most likely going to fall behind one nil. He times it perfectly. He has the guts to go for it. How big? Am I overstating that moment, or how big was that moment in the game in your eyes? No, that was that was a huge moment, and that could have been classified as a big chance, but because the shot didn't come off in the end, yeah, for analytics purposes it's not but it was it was it was a good movement Johnny getting in behind and I mean I would say 99 out of 100 times Nealis probably doesn't get that one right but in that moment he was so good but that just kind of sums up how the Red Bulls are they're 
they go into every single challenge all yeah. around the field, even down a man, right? We were counting. They were still pressing high. Lukinius, their DP comes in and is pressing high. Somewhere kind of how we see Johnny do it with, with Sporting Kansas City. But it, it was it was a big-time moment. There's no doubt about that. And, and to go piggyback off of what Ali said, Sporting not getting an early goal, they haven't gotten an early goal all season long in yeah. the first 15 minutes. And, and that that's a stat, that's a worrying stat, that they haven't, one, that they're not getting those early goals, and that, two, they have zero points when they do fall behind. So combine yeah. those two, that's not a recipe for success. Yeah, but it, it was still one of those games, though, where even when they did fall behind, and it actually kind of surprises me that they didn't have any, like, technical, like, big chances in the game because there were certainly moments that felt like even if it wasn't the perfect chance we've seen Daniel Shallowy or Johnny Russell score a goal that maybe wasn't the most perfect chance but because of their skill and technique they're able to execute in those rare you know small moments of the game and and I feel like you know they maybe had a couple of those and and didn't and usually maybe we see them them do that but it it just kind of feels like that's that's been the story of the season a little bit, and then Jacob, when you mentioned that they haven't scored early and haven't gotten any points when they've fallen behind, it's just it's a bad recipe again against a team that can be so difficult to play against if you allow them just to keep building into the game and really kind of enforcing their style and their style. And I was sorry, Nate. Uh, Cornell made some good saves too mm-hmm. on a couple of those chances where Johnny, the one where he beats two guys, comes inside. It's a good save. Even the one where Kyrie gets it in the first half, plays it to Daniel. Daniel then plays it across mm-hmm. to Johnny. Yeah, it's it's at within a decent radius around Cornell, but he's still got to get that kick save. You see so many goalies get that one wrong where it go, yeah. goes right through him. So there were some, definitely some good saves there. The one, EC's one that was cleared off oh. the line. Um, so, I mean, there were definitely chances. It, it wasn't – it's just there weren't any of those – Tom Barlow getting in, yeah. a one-on-one hits it over, or Caceres getting in and doing a weird left-footed toe poke over the end line. Ooh. Like Those were massive, big-time yeah. chances, and Sporting just didn't have any uh, to that level. Well, and, and one of the things that we were even talking about going into the game is is when you just you, you can look at the statistics and see the lack of goal creation and goal-scoring production from the number 10 and from the number 9 for Sporting Kansas City this year. And it goes right back to what we we all know the elephant in the room is. They've got a high-priced number 10 and a high-priced number 9 who haven't been able to play all year because they had knee surgery before the season. And there just hasn't been anybody to step in and, and add to that production. So if it doesn't come from Johnny or Daniel, it doesn't seem to come in the attack right now. And I know you talked to Peter Vermees Alley uh, at training today. We're doing this on a Tuesday the, the two new guys are coming in. We talked about it on the pregame. William Agata um, and, and Eric Tommy, who we hope will slot into those two positions. But the whole question is, is there, can, can that make a difference this season, you know, for this team as they try to put things together? Because, Jacob, you, you've seen guys come here in the middle of the summer. Peter Vermees talked about it today. Um, it's hard. <laughs> it's hard. You know, the, the weather's different. The climate's different. You're, 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 your surroundings are different in terms of the system that you're going to be asked to play in. Your fitness level has to get up to speed. So it's going to be interesting to see what these guys can do because certainly the team could use it right away if they can pull it off. Yeah, and it'll be interesting. They're still waiting on you know, paperwork, all that visa process, which is certainly frustrating because these deals have been 
you know, in place for a while now, and they're still kind of going through everything. And, and, you know, hopefully these guys get here as soon as we can or as soon as they can. But they're quality players. Like, Mm -hmm. there's no doubt that just having new players come in the team, it's going to raise everybody's level up. But it does. It's hard to adapt. You see players all the time, whether it's it takes them a full preseason or it takes them half of a season to to get up to speed. I mean, I think – our, our guest later on, Remy, I thought he was good last year, but I think especially towards the end, the second half of last year, and then this year, mm-hmm. I would say he's been yeah. one of Sporting's best players on the season. And, so and it certainly takes the a most little consistent. While. Right. So yeah. it takes a little while to, to get up to it. New country and, and all of that, but, I mean, especially Eric, Eric Tommy's a veteran guy. I said it, they want to be here. And that's, I think, important when, when you're coming to a new team that you're excited about the opportunity. It's a new challenge in, in both these guys' careers. But the sooner that, that they can get here, obviously the better for sporting. Well, and I think the biggest thing that they get is just depth in the attack. I mean, looking at the bench, even in this last game against New York, you had Marinos Johnny's. He was really your your main attacking option off the bench. And sporting's unfortunately, just this season, dealt with so many different injuries at, at so many different times to where they really haven't had the luxury of having depth for very many games. And so the hope, you know, I would imagine is that these guys can come in and just give the technical staff some options and how they want to approach games, especially in these hot summer months. And hopefully it doesn't take too long to acclimate, but even if it does, I I think you're still going to get a lot out of, out of these guys and, and hopefully just give sporting for really what feels like the first time this entire season, just some good depth options coming off the bench and not in more than just one. They, they at least have a number of options and a number of key positions going forward. But, you know, we'll wait and see on, on when exactly they, they do arrive. Usually once all that paperwork goes through, the process is pretty quick after that. But until then, it's just kind of a waiting game and speculation as to when exactly that might be. And they're trying to keep themselves fit on their own at home. And we all know that's not the same as – being in training every day with a team and going through all those things. So, you know, and by the way, on the subject of fitness, I'm actually excited to talk to Remy Voltaire about his fitness regimen and how he is able to cover the ground that yeah. he covers. But William Agata never set foot in the United States before. I, I mean, when he comes here, this will be the first time he's ever been to America. And I can't remember, I remember I talked to Eric Tommy, I can't remember if he has been to the United States, it's like one time as a tourist. You know, he's never been to Kansas City or anywhere mm-hmm. like this before in his life. So, you know, those all things, you know, they're going to get to experience. But I do think maybe, Jacob, you can speak to this too. Like Coming here, th- there can't be much of a better spot when it comes to, like, you've got a system and an infrastructure in place to help you get acclimated as soon as you hit the ground here. Yeah, and you have the facilities yep. here, which there's no doubt that that factors in, um, you know, when you're recruiting players and, and you, you go out uh, and try to sell them on your city. Because, look, it, we, we all live here. We all call this place home. But it's it's in the middle of the country most people, especially people who are not familiar with this part of the country, they want to go to L.A. or New York or Miami. And yep. there's not a lot of people who's, who grow up, grow up in, in Europe who are like, yes, I, I know I want to go to Kansas City. <laughs> right. and, and most of them don't know what it is or where <laughs> yes. it is. Now, once yeah. you get here, you fall in love with the place. And, and I mean, I told the story lots of times, but I, I didn't want to get traded here. And I didn't want to come here originally. And then when I came here, we moved away. We moved right back because we liked it so much. So it, it has that vibe, but it, it's certainly it's harder to, to sell guys. But I think that's that's going to be so important is that they have that right attitude. They want to be here. And I just want to say one more thing, circle back on the game. We talked a little bit about the negatives. And 
something though, the play was decent, knocking the ball around, but the the competition and the competing yeah. was really good. Sporting Kansas City, which we talked about how feisty those Red Bulls are. They won more duels, both yeah. ground duels and aerial duels, more yeah. tackles. So it wasn't that the work wasn't there. The work was there. And again, the mm-hmm. soccer was, was decent. It was just those big chances. Yeah. And I thought also, shout out to, to Caden Pierre, who got yeah. his first MLS yes. start. Uh, I think that's a, a big, big moment. And, and he had a good first game, too. And you could really see how he's coming along and developing as a player. So. Uh, congrats to him, and I think he's got a really big future. Yeah, it, it, something else just about KP that I think has been cool to see, and he told us this on the show, was you know, something that he's really wanted to work on is not just getting up the wing, but getting up the wing with the ball on his foot. And you saw him you know, just kind of take those opportunities a few times, and as he keeps putting himself in those positions, it's only going to get better. So just happy to see him really kind of working on the things in real games that he's been working hard at in training. And – I feel like I have several snapshots in my mind of times where the Red Bulls were pressing him in his own third, and he calmly dribbled right around the guy, and then was yeah. able to actually work the way up, you know, the ball up the field. So it was great. Yeah, congratulations to KP on his first MLS start. We will take a break. When we come back, we're going to be joined by Remy Voltaire, and maybe uh, learn a little bit about his background. Did he know where Kansas City was <laughs> when he was growing we'll up? See. We'll find out. It's straight ahead on the Sporting Kansas City Show, presented by Michelob Ultra. Sporting KC fans take pride in supporting the team both home and away. When flying to away matches to cheer on the team, or anywhere for that matter, check out the Kansas City International Airport's new terminal progress at buildkci.com. And we are back on the Sporting Kansas City show on your home for SKC soccer, Sports Radio 810 WHB, wherever you get your podcast, wherever you stream your video content. We, of course, always appreciate you uh, checking out the show, subscribing, liking, telling your friends, and, uh, and everything else. And, of course, we're presented by Michelob Ultra, it's only worth it if you enjoy it. Very excited for our next guest because he's been a part of the team for a couple of years now, but we have not had the opportunity to sit down and get to know him in an interview like this, this yet, at least on this show, uh, and, uh, and I'm excited to do so. So midfielder for Sporting Kansas City, the man who has run more miles than any player in Major League Soccer so far in 2022. Remy Voltaire is here. Remy, thanks for joining us. How are you? Thank you. I'm fine. Thank you. Um, so that's the first thing that gets brought up, I feel like, every time we talk about you. And you do so many more things on the field than just run around. But it is impressive how much ground you cover. And I know Ali asked you about that before the game the other day. And you said that's part of the job is to, is to run a lot. Have you always been the type of player who could cover a lot of ground naturally, or is that something that you really had to work hard on at some point in your career? No, I think um, when I was young, it was the same. Uh, every time on the game, I run a lot. I just uh, need to, to understand that uh, I need to run, but smart, because just running is not good enough. So you have to, to give something for the team to help the team and teammates. So I try to do my best, and this year I, f- I feel very good. My body is fit, my body is good. So, yeah, I try to do my best every game, and, uh, and this year is good. Kim, who's the team you know, dietitian, told me before the season at, in Arizona that you were one of the players who was really taking your diet seriously going into this season. It, did you work with somebody in the offseason, or, or how did you get ready for 2022 
on that side of things. Yeah, we have a lot of things here uh, to to have um, like a good body, to have uh, a good heels, you know. So mm -hmm. I try with Kim this year and last year again because I think it's very important when you are professional to to be careful on a lot of things like the diet, like the, the when you sleep, uh, the hydration. There is lot of things so for me it's very important because I need to have that to to be good on the field and more I'm good physically more I'm good technically so both are very very good uh, when you are both so. so what are some of the foods that you make sure that are like a, a at the center of your diet now what are some of the things you make sure are always in your diet we're taking notes, by the yeah. way. <laughs> no, I I, as you can tell, I need, to, I need to take some notes here. No, I think here we have everything. So I don't need to do something special, but I just need to to be careful every day and to be ready for the game because the our job is to be ready for the game 100%. So I try to do my best for that every, every day. So you're not going to give me any tips like kale or bananas or there's not <laughs> something that's like, this is what I've got to no, have. Maybe some protein. Protein, okay. Vegetables, it's important. Yeah. <laughs> Are there vegetables that you don't like no. the taste of that you eat anyway? I like everything. You like everything? Ah. Yeah. Is there anything that you used to love to eat that you don't let yourself have now? Sorry. Like dessert, is there maybe ice cream or something that is not healthy that you wish you could eat, but you make sure you don't eat because you want to stay healthy? No, I think it uh, depends. Uh, when we have day off, I enjoy my day and okay. I eat uh, like I want. If I want yeah. to, if I want to hit uh, one burger, I can hit. Yeah, it's not a problem. But every day when when it's a day for the job to work, I be careful okay. and yeah, I think. We have to find a balance on, on that because if you hit every time the same thing like healthy, your head one time will be away, far away. So, yeah, I think it's a balance. So this brings me to a question that a lot of fans had for you, and that is pretty typical here in Kansas City. They want to know if you've had Kansas City barbecue and how, how do you like it? Yeah, so I try uh, Q39, uh -huh. and it was very good. Yeah, it's very good. You can't eat barbecue every day, though. A little no. too heavy. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. But uh, there is a good restaurant here, so I like the city. I like the restaurant. I like the food. No, it's fine. Yeah. Okay, so y you said you you like the city here. Um, coming from France, d had you ever heard of Kansas City before this opportunity to come play here came in front of you? No, never. Yeah. I just hear, uh, when I hear Kansas City, for me, it's like um, the cowboy, you know, with uh, spe special shoes. Uh, it's like Texas for me, but okay. no. It's, it cowboy, okay, yeah. yeah. But it's not like that, so no, Do I never hear Kansas City. I saw some of the guys bought cowboy boots when they went to Nashville. Do you own yeah. any, did you buy any cowboy no. boots when you got here? No. Not interested? No, is that no. not your style? <laughs> no. Is it is it disappointing that there are not more cowboys here? Did you think there were going to be a lot more cowboys and people riding horses and stuff when you got here? Yeah, but uh, for me, it's not my style. No, no okay. So you're probably a little relieved. Like, okay. So um, can you help me pronounce the name of the city where you are from in France? Nancy. 
Okay, Nancy yeah. is how you say it? Nancy. Um, that's in northern France, correct? Northeast. Northeast. Yes. What is it like there? For those of us that have never been, what was it, what, what, how would you describe well, where you're me, from? For me, my city is very good because I was born in this city, but it's a small city, family city. I think it's like here, but here it's like bigger because in United States everything is like big. Mm -hmm. But uh, no, my city is good, Fami family like small everybody know each other you know so yeah it's cool so what's your family like do you have any siblings or like so your, your family brothers or brothers sisters, sisters? Yeah. i have one brother a uh, big brother uh -huh. and that's it does he play soccer as well yes we play uh, he play on the same position like six on eight and uh, he's captain my father is the same six and eight and captain Oh and gosh. when I was young, I was six and eight and <laughs> captain. So runs I in the family. Yeah. It's uh, genetic, you know. Yeah. So how That's much awesome. did you learn from your father about the game of soccer when you were growing up? Did you learn a lot? Did your dad teach yes. you a lot? Yeah. Yes, because uh, when I was young, uh, he br he bring me on the field with um, with people with uh, when they have games when my brother had games. I was on the field and I just play, but I'm too small and too young to play with them. But I have the level to play, so sometimes I play with them. And yeah, I increase my level like that. And every time after the school, I play with my friend on the stadium. So football for me, it's a very like passion. It's big passion, mm -hmm. and uh, I love that since a long time. And I think, yeah. So was your dad, and I forgive me for not knowing, but was your dad a professional soccer player then too? No. No? No, no. Okay. Both my brother and my father just play in French team. Okay. You know, like amateur team. Yeah. And uh, I take a different way for me. Yeah. So are they able to watch your games here? Yeah. Back in France? Yeah. Do you have a lot of, do you talk with them about the games? For sure. Yeah. I talk with my parents. With my brother for sure, with my agent, yeah. with my friend, because yeah, I need. I think it's very important because sometimes when you are on the field, you don't know if you can change something to be to be better. Mm -hmm. And uh, for sure, they they tell me what I need to change and what is good, but what is wrong. So it's very good for me. What's the best piece of advice you've ever gotten from? any of those people and is there anything that's maybe recently been been shared in some of those conversations that's helped you um this season specifically what i need to change or yeah was there any like conversation i guess like number one first question would be like just the best piece of advice that you got um from talking with them and about your games and, and your play uh, we we don't speak specially on me mm -hmm. we speak about the team and uh they just uh, watched the game and they said, okay, we just have to take some points because in this moment, it's not very good for the team, not especially individually, but collectively mm -hmm. it's hard. So, you know, when collectively it's hard, it's hard to be very good individually. Mm -hmm. It's like um, w when collectively you are good, for sure, individually you are better. But yeah, they, they tell me what I need to change during the game and what I can bring for the team to be to be better and and I work on it every day for that. We're visiting with Remy Voltaire, midfielder for Sporting Kansas City. And I'm curious growing up in France, 
as a person who loves the game. Obviously, France is, produces a lot of very good soccer players. You know, they've won a couple of World Cups in my lifetime. Um, do you do you get really excited when you watch the World Cup when France is playing? Are you are you super passionate? Are you passionate about watching your national team play? Uh, before I was not uh, about soccer in generally because. Uh, I want to disconnect when when I'm not in a job when okay. I'm not working. I I love to disconnect and do something very different. But uh, since maybe two or three years ago, now I love to watch the game. Yeah. So I don't know <laughs> why. <laughs> yeah. But now I love to um, to watch my ex team, especially, uh -huh. and all the team in France. Yeah, I watch. Did you have a favorite player as a child that you wanted to be like? Yes, uh, I love uh, Verratti okay. in uh, Paris Saint-Germain mm -hmm. because I think he's, he's very good. And, you know, sometimes when you are young, um, coach said sometimes, oh, you have to be strong, tall, like very physically to mm -hmm. maybe to, to go and to be professional and to play soccer. But when you see Verratti or Iniesta or Xavi, it's like they are small, yeah. very, but very good technically, and they play at the top level. So for me, Verratti, Iniesta, and Xavi are a big example. So I love this, those players. So you, you're talking about smaller yeah. midfielders that are the best in the world. Mm -hmm. uh, what do you think, wh how are they able, you, you mentioned technically, but is there something else, maybe understanding of the game or something? What what do you think it is about them that you would like to be like that that allows them to be such great players? Can you repeat, please? Um, so, what parts of their game do you admire the most? Does that make sense? What do you like the most about the way they play? Technically, yeah, because they, when they they have the ball, it's too hard to to take the ball mm. from them. And they play every time like just. They play good. They play well. Uh, they never miss something. They, yeah, for me, that's the big part. And they are very smart. Yeah. Because I think to play, you have to be for sure technical. For sure, your physique is very important. Mm -hmm. But your head is 50%. You know, you have to be sure. smart when you play to understand the game and to thinking before the other player. So for me, um, I'm f when I play, I'm focused on that, to have a good position, to to thinking before to receive the ball what I need to do after that, and um, yeah, I try to to be like that. Has watching more games helped you do that? I know you said yeah. that you didn't used to do that. For sure, I tell you, maybe two or three years ago, I start to watch uh, a lot of games. And I learn a lot about some player like Verratti mm -hmm. when I watch uh, Paris play maybe in Champions League when it's top level and there is l like a lot of intensity in the game. And it helped me a lot for sure because I saw what he do on the game, which position he take when he receive the ball, when he give the ball. And yeah, for sure it's very important for me. So before you would spend some time watching the games. You said you'd like to get away from soccer and do yeah. other things. What were some of the things that you liked to do when you weren't playing? 
I enjoy with my wife, with my cats. I go. How many cats? Two. Two? Yeah, two cats. What are their names? Gypsy. Gypsy? <laughs> and Jenka. Okay. One male, one female. Okay. Yeah. So I enjoy my life with my wife, with my cats. Uh, I go to the, um, I don't know, the forest to work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I go to work, I disconnect, I, I go to take a coffee or whatever, you know. I change, um, I do some different things because if you stay every day, your your head on the soccer and and the bad result or something like that, mm. for sure you will continue to, to go like that because it's very hard. Every day it's a lot of work and uh, you you have to disconnect. So I had a, another question from some fans and they want to know, when you are getting ready for a game, do you have anything in your routine that you have to do before every game? Like a, a ritual or a superstition? Um, I work with a mental uh, mental guy, mental mm-hmm. like a mental, mental trainer. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. I work with him and ev- every time before the game, I said in my head and I speak on the field and I said, um, I want to play and I want to play good. And I repeat this in my head, and it's helped me a lot to have a positive, uh, positive things, you know. Yeah. So when you start the game, you enjoy the game and you are happy to be on the field, and you understand that it's a big lucky for you. It's a big opportunity to play and uh, to to show to everybody your quality. So I just, it's not a routine, but I just want to have a, a lot of positive positive things in my head mm-hmm. before to start the game and to be the best on the field, you know. That's great advice. I'm going to start doing that before yes, our broadcast. Yes, uh, is I like that. Is this the first time you've had a mental coach, or did you have one back in in Europe before you came here? So um, I start to work with him when I broke my contract uh, in Turkey, my ex club, because I broke my contract and I stay uh, eight months without club, without contract, and without do nothing. So I start to um, to take uh, a personal trainer physically mm-hmm. to run something like that and um, a mental trainer because in this period it, w- it was very hard for me so I try to, um, to stay professional and I take a lot of things to to be ready when when one club wants me like sporting when they want me and I'm, I'm ready like sooner than I can. I think that is a part of sports that is f- still fairly new which is the idea of a mental coach. I think they used to think it was all about the physical. Mm. How how important has that been to your career, you know, having somebody help you with the, the mental part? Before I thought that uh, it, it was not important, but now for sure I changed my mind and I can say it is very important. Uh, you have to be You have to be reading your head when you start the game and to work with a guy, it it helps a lot for sure. So you physically, your body is important for sure, but your head is 50%. So I I said, if you can work with with a guy to be better in your head to start the game and to have uh, all the capacity to have the best game that you can have, you have to work with him. Yeah. Is that? advice that you've helped give some of the young players too we've had people want to know for sure yeah for sure if i can go maybe 10 years ago 
for sure I will take directly uh, one guy to to work because it can change uh, your um, your soccer your game a lot. Do yeah. you, do you also do things like yoga? I know a lot of times like some of the mental games. No, no, you no don't yoga, like. <laughs> no. Do you meditate? No, never. no meditation either. No, okay, I sleep. You no, sleep. Ah. I need to learn how to sleep. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely a challenge. Co so Courtney Ford sh showed us he has like one of those rings that tracks your, your sleep. sleep and stuff like that. <laughs> I don't know. No. So I still haven't it. bought one, yeah. but like I'm still interested. I might do it. No. So you guys are getting ready to play in Montreal, French Canada, yeah. where the language is French and everybody speaks French. And I'm curious, is that exciting at all for you to get the chance to go somewhere that has still a connection to uh, to your homeland? Yeah, it's cool. If they speak French, it's cool, but um, it changed nothing for me. Yeah, I just want uh, to take three points when I play against them, <laughs> and and we go to Kansas City. We come back to Kansas City, and I will be happy for sure. Yeah. So no, it doesn't matter for me. Well, Remy. Thank you very much Thank for you. the time and l helping us get to know you a little bit better. And good luck this weekend in Montreal. Thank you so much. Okay, that is Remy Voltaire, midfielder for Sporting Kansas City. And we'll be right back after this to wrap things up on the Sporting Kansas City show. And we're back to wrap things up on this edition of the Sporting Kansas City show on your home for SKC Soccer, Sports Radio 810 WHB, wherever you get your podcasts and stream your video content, presented by Michelob Ultra. It's only worth it if you enjoy it. And our thanks to Remy Voltaire for joining us on the show today. And uh, a really fun conversation, Allie, and very serious. You know, you can mm -hmm. tell he's he is very serious about the game of soccer. I thought it was interesting what he had to say about the mental aspect of the game and how much he has grown in that regard. And uh, I think he's just been, to echo Jacob's thoughts from earlier, easily one of the best players on the field for Sporting Kansas City this year. Yeah, and Peter Vermees, even today, when he was asked about Remy, who has been uh, a big talking point just in recent weeks, and one, because of the con contributions he's had this season, um, but two, just how seamlessly he's moved from the eight to the six, um, a number of times and is really just when called upon been what Sporting's needed him to be in the midfield. And Vermees said he's just he's so pragmatic and he always meets that that line of expectation that you have for him in the game and, and oftentimes exceeds it. Um, and you can kind of understand, I think, hearing him talk about how he approaches the game exactly why he's able to be so consistent. And, and I think it's so fascinating to hear just how many players have really just put more of an emphasis on how important the mental side of the game is and investing in things like a ment you know a mental health coach or, or someone who can really help coach up that side of the game and you better believe I'm about to start each broadcast now saying I I want to do this and I'm going to do a good job like just <laughs> that repetition and it, yeah. it is true though like how you speak um, to yourself you know does really matter and, and so to hear that you know is something that he make sure that he does before each game to help set the tone mentally. I think it's just really interesting. I'm wondering, Jacob, if that's not even more important in a year like this when things are going poorly. You talked about it. The, the, the team would have every reason to get discouraged with the way things have gone this year, but we're not seeing that in terms of their effort level on the field. They were up for that fight against the Red Bulls even if the result didn't play in. How important is the mental aspect for a team when you're in a season like this where you're, you're facing a lot of adversity? Well, it's very difficult. Mentally, there's no, I mean, it's, to be honest, I've never, I've never been on a team where we've been last place in the league. So I, I mean, I've been on some bad teams in Toronto where we, but we were always kind of fighting there for, for the last playoff spot. But I think, 
I think it's easier with this group because there's talent on this team. We know that. We it's not last year, the year before, one of the best teams in, in Major League Soccer. So yeah. then to have this year, I think it's just an anomaly. Guys are thinking, hey, we let's stick to this. Let's work ourselves out of this. We still can, you know, find our way into the playoffs, and then who knows uh, what will happen. Obviously. As each game goes on and you don't get results, you know, that, that becomes harder and harder. But I still think that that almost is so crazy. You can go on a, mm-hmm. a stretch where you win, you know, five out of six games in a row, and then all of a sudden mm-hmm. you're you're right there on that playoff line. So I, I don't think that this group ha- has lost any any hope about that. And, and there's so many good leaders and veterans yeah. in that group. Graham Zussi, Roger, Johnny Russell, Tim Melia. I mean, you could go on and on. Guys who have been there, guys who have won trophies – um, so I don't think it's difficult. There's no doubt. And I, I do think that that's an area of the game that's really changed a lot, even from when I was playing, mm-hmm. um, where you do not talk about your feelings at all <laughs> and your menta- mm-hmm. you know, what, what's going on in, in your head now. I think it's which is society probably also ha- has reflected yeah. that. But uh, I think it's important. Um, and as I got older, I see, saw the importance of it. But it's it's good to get these younger guys doing that as well. Yeah. Okay, so Sporting Kansas City have a tough road trip coming up again, and it starts in Montreal, a team that I don't know how you feel, Jacob, but, I mean, they've jumped up and been one of the better teams in the Eastern Conference this year. When you look at them, what stands out the most about uh, the challenge coming up this weekend? Well, they have surprised me, really have surprised me this year. I was going to say the biggest surprise, but that's probably Salt Lake. Salt Lake has probably been the biggest surprise to me, and to – what Pablo Mastroni's done with them and have them fighting up there uh, it is incredible, just with, with all their injuries and their depth. And But Montreal, same type of thing. Uh, I mean, and to think, too, that the beginning part of this season, they were dealing with Champions League, and they beat a Mexican team in Champions League, and your MLS results suffer because of that. We know that. Sporting Kansas City fans know that. Um, and then they've rebounded from that, and they're right there near the top. And then I think what really impressed me was them – going on the road and beating Seattle mm-hmm. midweek last week. And that was just a uh, – we knew, Sporting Kansas City was just up there. You know how, how difficult it is. And, to and get especially because they went there, down first in that game, like early in the opening it, minutes. It's just an impressive – shows the character of the team. And if Mason Toy's back from injury, that's a big lift for them. Um, Galaxy, they rotated players, lost 4-0. So it was kind of an up-and-down week for Montreal. But they've got some – They've got athletes all over the field, and they play three in the back with two wing backs. Um, we'll see. I haven't looked at Mihailovic's uh, injury status where he's at, but he's going to be a danger man for them if he's healthy come this weekend. But either way, if Mason Toy's back, SKC, former SKC guy Kai Kamara, too, is still kicking it, yep. kicking yeah. it up there. Yep. So it, it's going to be a very difficult game. There's no doubt about that. Georgie Mihailovic, to me, is is another one of those reminders that you just never know – when it's going to click for a player either because especially in today's world we see so many young promising players coming into the league and you have these big expectations and hopes for them and it doesn't always happen right away injuries happen or you get moved from one team or another or you just don't it doesn't all click for you and all of a sudden and Georgie Mihailovic has been one of those guys and all of a sudden it seems to be clicking to the point where is he back in the national team conversation and all of that? How, what have you seen from him in terms of how it's finally the light bulb seems to have to come on for him? 
Well, I think there were always were glimpses yeah. of him when, when he was in Chicago. And I think there was, you know, the, maybe he's, as a young player, he kind of said some things and, you know, he had the, a bigger personality, more outspoken. I, I think it was a good thing that he got out of Chicago just with how that, that club has been recently. Um, but I didn't – I wasn't expecting I, – I thought really that, that Montreal traded too much for him at, at the time. And yet here we are two years later and – now I think Chicago's the one that lost out on that deal yeah. with just how last year he was he, he was a setup man. He, he did did a lot more combining, um, you know, played more centrally, could get on the ball, could turn, find that soft spot in between um, you know, the back line and the midfield. This year though, he's added that goal scoring to his game. And, and that's what has, as you mentioned, Nate, got him back in that US national team picture and that's a position where there are so many good players Mm -hmm. and the depth I mean we talked about it before just go down the list five six guys who are all elite type of players but I think he he's right in that discussion and depending on the injury the timing of it all wasn't wasn't ideal because he missed that camp Mm -hmm. he got did get called in and and missed that one but and he he's added that goal scoring to his game and I think that's kind of been that difference and put him over the edge because he's always been talented Mm mm-hmm yeah, no, I, I think he's certainly like when I'm doing my early scouting report, my player to watch uh, for Sporting KC going into this game and has really just been such an integral part of Montreal's attack. And as far as the U.S. national team conversation, I mean, that's what's going to set you apart when you're trying to get one of those depth depth chart spots uh, on that roster. It's going to be a tough midfield to crack. It into is. I mean, it's like nationally. But hey, he's he's putting himself in the conversation. No doubt about it. Yeah. No. Um, all right. Well, that's going to be coming up on Saturday, 630 at uh, Stade de Puto, right? Is that what we still call it? I, I, I need to remember. I do not like stadium. that stadium. Yeah. That is, it is, yeah. It's a tough stadium to go to. Uh, it, it's a weird one, a weird vibe. I mean, Montreal is a, a difficult city. What makes city. it hard? I, th- it, first trip to Montreal coming up. So it, is a, uh, it doesn't feel complete. It doesn't feel complete. Um, some games, the fans are great. Other games, there's nobody there. And it's like, what's going on? But a couple of the games that I played up there when I was on Toronto and there was that rivalry, I mean, some of the, that atmosphere w- was incredible. And now that they're doing well, I'm sure that the fans are, are yeah. coming out there and packing that stadium. But you'll see, Allie, and then we'll talk about it. It's, it's a weird stadium. <laughs> right in the shadow of the Olympic Stadium, too, where the, the Expos used to play and where they had held the Olympics 100 years ago, whatever it was then. Um, it's, a, it's an interesting place for sure. And the one thing you'll know, too, Allie, they taught us the, whenever I went there was there's two seasons – in Montreal, there's winter, and then there's road construction season. <laughs> so you'll be dealing with the uh, latter of those two. So you can look forward to that as well. <laughs> hey, honestly, that to me, that's better than winter. So I'll, I'll take it. I'll take there that ten times out of ten. The weather, the weather will be very good in Montreal. That's that's for sure. And, and maybe a break for the, the players to get out of yeah. some of this uh, Midwestern heat for a couple days as well. All right, so that's coming up 6.30 on Saturday right here on Sports Radio 810 WHB. And, of course, on 38 The Spot and on the Sporting KC app as well. So for Ali Trost and Jacob Peterson, Maddie running the show today, doing an incredible job, and Remy Voltaire uh, joining us on the show as well. And thank you for watching and listening. We'll see you next week right here on the Sporting Kansas City Show.